0: another exciting episode of Hacker Public Radio. Uh, This one's going to be covered in edits. Hopefully you won't hear them. I'm Pokey, and I'll be your host for today. Today I'm going to get into a topic that probably should not be gotten into in an audio-only podcast, but I'm going to give it a go, uh, because this really should be done by someone in a video cast. but I haven't really seen it done, and I don't really have any interest in doing that kind of thing, so I'm going to try it in audio. And today I want to talk about OpenStreetMap project and specifically how you can contribute to the OpenStreetMap project and how you can edit the map. I think of it as the map because it's one map that we all share no matter where you are in the world. You're on the same map and it is the same map data and it is your map. It is my map. It is our map and it is our responsibility now to keep this thing accurate and up to date. So I want to talk about editing it. The first thing to know about editing the map is that you do not need any special hardware. It really, really helps to have a nice, comfortable mouse that fits your hand. Uh, But you don't need anything else. I know you've probably heard on podcasts or read somewhere that uh, recording traces is useful and uploading traces and all that kind of... Forget about that for now. We're not going to talk about that. Here in the United States, and I really can only speak for the United States because I haven't edited much of the map outside of the united states in fact i think the only thing i ever did that was outside of the united states was to add the peter 64 international remote control helicopter pad and airplane rc runway oh i f***ed it all up outside the united states the map data is the same the map works the same way but the amount of data that's there and the quality of the data that's there is different country to country Uh, It looks like a lot of the uh, European countries are very well documented, uh, perhaps entirely by hand. A lot of the Eastern Bloc and Soviet countries seem to be entirely done by hand and very well done. Parts of uh, Australia, where the Peter 64 International Memorial RC airplane runway is, uh, that seems to not be done so much by hand, but seems fairly complete. So I don't know, you know, I can't really speak to it much deeper than that. As far as the United States goes, a while ago, the United States government commissioned a map be made of the United States, and it appears as if it is also periodically commissioned updates to that map. That data was public domain data right from the start. So when the OpenStreetMap project came into existence uh, at some point, somebody wrote some software that was able to extract the data from the U.S. Geological Survey, which was what made that map, and they were able to import it into the OpenStreetMap project. So, like, instantaneously, a large percentage of the United States was added to the OpenStreetMap project and is fairly accurate as far as uh, driving a car and navigation scales really require it to be, but when you get down to editing it and looking at things uh, in real space with real measurements, things are off a little bit. Uh, not Probably not enough to make a difference to anybody, but enough to bother someone who's as anal retentive and OCD as I am, so I go and try to fix those little things while I'm working. But if you want to edit the map. And the map does need a lot of work, even in places like the United States where it's fairly complete. Uh, There are a lot of things missing. And even where things exist, a lot of the important data is missing. And I think probably two of the most important things that you can do, at least in the United States, to help the map and edit the map and make it more usable would be to assign directions to roads that are one-way roads. So, you know, saying this road is a one-way street and it goes in this direction as opposed to everything by default being identified as a two-way street. The other thing that helps uh, that you can do that's it's also fairly easy to do is to identify bridges and overpasses because by default whenever two roads intersect on the map, the map assumes that they literally intersect and a turn can be made. And if you try to navigate someplace with a GPS that's using the OpenStreetMap data, it could tell you to turn off of an overpass onto the road under it, which you don't want to do, I promise. But if, before you left the house, you had a look at the map and found out where those overpasses were and identified those as bridges and, more importantly, identified the bridges as being higher than ground level, the map would then know that you cannot take a left-hand turn off of an overpass and it would route you to the correct uh, exit for that highway or, or, you know, some such thing. So those are a couple of really important things, and really, um, they're fairly easy, but they're going to be hard to describe if I'm just trying to, you know, relay that to you over an audio podcast. So what I need to do while I'm talking is to do some editing to the map uh, so I can describe what I'm doing. And what I'll need you to do in order to learn what I'm saying is to go get an account at OpenStreetMap.org, log in, and edit the map with me while I'm talking. And you can edit your neighborhood. I'm going to edit mine uh, because it's going to be a lot better if we work with something that's familiar to each of us rather than something that's familiar to both of us because I have a hard time believing we can find something that's so familiar to both of us that we can edit it. So I'm going to wait here while you go create an OpenStreetMap.org account and log in, and you can pause this or skip to your next podcast, and come back to this when you have that, because that's what we're going to need to continue. Do 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 do. Hey, good job! You're back, and you made an account. I'm so proud of you. You have made your first step to improving the map, and we all here at Hacker Public Radio appreciate that and applaud you. So thank you very much for doing that. Okay, so once you log in, what you're going to start with is a view of some section of the map. I believe you start off like right over some part of the Europe. I don't know, maybe even one of the Britons. Who knows? Um, zoom out to the point where you can see enough of the Earth to pan around quickly. And find where you live generally. And keep zooming in until you find where you live physically. I mean, literally, go ahead and zoom into your street. We're in the, if you look in the upper left-hand corner of the maps interface, we're in the view mode now. And it's very important to be in the view mode rather than the edit mode because you can zoom out much further in the view mode. And you can move the map around much more quickly in the view mode uh, because view is all just pre-rendered images. So all the server has to do is send the images to you. And that can be done... Very quickly, as opposed to it sending you data sets and data points, which your Java interface through your web browser are going to have to render on the fly. So it's a lot quicker to do it in the view mode. So go ahead and find where you live. And I'll give you a minute here, and I'm finding where I live. And if uh, if you want to see where I live and you want to see what I've done to the map, you can go, you find the USA. And in the upper right-hand corner, or the northeast part of the United States, since we're speaking in map terms, it's probably important to use the cardinal directions, you can find New Hampshire. And in the southeastern part of New Hampshire, so the lower right, find a blue line that is New Hampshire 16, and follow it from the seacoast northwest until you find the city of Rochester. So it's up beyond Dover, it's up beyond Somersworth, though 16 doesn't pass through Somersworth, And you'll find Rochester. And you go right to the dead center of Rochester, and that's where I live. I don't live in the dead center, I'm not going to tell you where I live, but that's where I live. And if you keep zooming in, you'll see some points on the map are fairly well detailed. For instance, the Rochester Fairground. If you zoom in further and off to the east of that, there's the, uh, the Rochester Commons. Uh, with a little running track. If you go to the west a little bit, there's a a Lowe's parking lot, a Lowe's Home Improvement Store in their parking lot, and some parking lanes. There's an airport on the eastern side of town, uh, southeastern side of town, the Skyhaven Airport. DAW is the designation for that, if you know about airports, the hospital, all that stuff. A bunch of stuff I've put in. And if you see that kind of detail in Rochester, there's a pretty good chance it was me, uh, in fact, as at the time of this recording, anything in that graded detail was me. I did that, so you can get an idea for how much you can do if you sit down and spend some time. But for now, let's pause the recording again and find your house, and then unpause it, and we'll uh, we'll get back to it. Or find the street that you live on. Okay, so you found your street. Good job. Now you're probably zoomed in to about I don't know one, two, or three zoom levels. Above the maximum, so now is a good time to hit Edit. Now you can you can see there's a little like a, a, a little arrow next to Edit, uh, Edit being up in the upper left-hand corner of the, the map interface here, and you can open that little pull-down there, and you got two choices: an Edit with Potlatch 2 in Browser Editor is in parentheses there is the first choice, and the second being Edit with Remote Control uh, JOSM or Mercator. I'm not sure what that is. I always use Potlatch 2. So you can select that manually, or if you were just to click the edit and not the pull-down arrow, it would select Potlatch 2 for you. Now this is a Java interface, so the Java is going to take you some time to load, probably JavaScript rather. Uh, so the JavaScript is going to take you a little bit of time to load, and then once that happens, the map interface will open up, and it's going to take a little while to download the data set. But what you will see first, before the data set completes loading, the interface will open, and then you will get satellite imagery. So, you probably noticed that you didn't have any satellite imagery in the view mode. But now you do have satellite imagery in the edit mode, which is the primary reason that you don't need to go out and buy special hardware and trace routes and mark things with a handheld GPS unit to come back and do them at home. You can do just about anything that needs to be done with satellite imagery. As I understand it, it's legal to do so. We're only using the image as a reference. Uh, You and I, I mean, while we're editing the map, we're only using that as a reference. We're not actually taking the data of that satellite imagery, which is being provided by, well, I shudder to say it, but Bing at the moment. So now you've got that open. You can see if you move your mouse around, you can highlight probably different streets, perhaps even different objects on the map, if there are objects in there, but usually you'll you'll just see some streets. If you click on one of those things, go ahead and click on any one of them. It's fine. What you'll see happen is that entire street or object will be highlighted, and the panel to your left will change, and that panel will tell you what the object is at the very top. So in my case, it's saying the name of my street, Just below it, there's a pull-down menu that's got a lot, a lot of options in it. And at this point, it's saying residential road for mine because I live on a residential road. And below that, you'll see a series of six tabs. There's a star. There's a checkbox. There's an icon of a person walking. There's an icon of a bicycle, one of a bus, and one of a circle with a diagonal line through it for restrictions. And when you have an an object like a street highlighted, you can click on any one of these tabs and change the properties of that object. Now, it's most important, the pull-down menu there is most important because the properties in those tabs are going to change depending on what's in that pull-down, but let's assume for the moment that the pull-down is correct and that you live on a street, so then you can just cycle through those tabs and there'll be six tabs there. Now, if the object were not a street, if you clicked on a swimming pool, for instance, or a pond, you might not have six tabs. You might only have one tab or two tabs or any number of tabs. It's going to depend on the object. It's going to depend on what it says in that pull-down. So while you have your street selected, go ahead and click on the arrow in that pull-down menu uh, just below the title but above the tabs. You can see you have a bunch of tabs on the left-hand side, and those are general categories. So I have in those tabs it says roads, paths, transport, water, natural, barrier, power, places, and sports and leisure is the last one. And you can click on those tabs. You're not going to change anything. Go right ahead. You can click on those tabs and scan through and see the different items that are available to you under each of those categories. So under roads, it's going to give you different types of roads, different classifications of roads from motorways, which in the States we call highways, all the way down to tracks, which would be like paths or four-wheel drive, you know, tracks through the woods and stuff. So you've got all kinds of different selections there. Right below, there's paths. Those are typically footpaths or cycle paths or some other such thing. Uh, and you can click through those. You can even select one and change it. And go ahead, and you can change your road to a primary link. So that would be like an on-ramp to a, a primary street. And you'll see that your road, the color of it probably changed because the colors indicate... Uh, how major or minor the road is so you've changed it no problem because you haven't saved anything What you'll see at the top now is that the save button has uh, become active it was grayed out before the help button is still active and the undo button has become active which was also grayed out before so go ahead and click undo now that puts it back to the road that it was now you haven't changed anything even though you're in a live edit mode you haven't changed anything you're safe you, you have uh, maintained the integrity of the map just the way you found it. So good job, you. But it's probably more important, since we're here, not to maintain the current integrity of the map. But while we're here, let's improve the map. So what I like to do, and we'll start off, let's add something to the map. And I'm just going to show you how to add it, not that it needs it. Uh, at this point, at least, it probably doesn't need anything added. But we can add things that aren't even strictly necessary. So if you look in the map it's in, the, in the map interface itself, uh, not in the left-hand panel, but in the, the map panel in the upper left-hand corner, uh, you'll see the scale controls there. So there'd be a plus for zooming in, a minus for zooming out, and a uh, magnifying glass that's labeled Find Place. I've never used the magnifying glass. Go ahead and feel free to experiment with that on your own time for now. I would like you to hover over the plus, and you should get a pop-up dialog there, a very small one, by your cursor. Mine says, Zoom in, currently 19. And I would like you to click plus or minus until yours says, Zoom in, currently 19. Uh, What that means is that, or Z19 rather, not just 19. What that means is that you're at zoom level 19. And... For most of the map that I have worked with, 19 is the most you can zoom in and still have satellite imagery. You can zoom in further. I'm not even sure how far you can zoom in. You can go in closer, but you won't have satellite imagery to help you. So what what you would need at that point is some special hardware that could record traces and specific plot points that you put in there and that kind of thing. But since we're only working with the uh with the satellite imagery go ahead and zoom in the most you can while still having satellite imagery and that may not be the same for you uh mine is 19 because it's a fairly well imaged area of the earth i think there are other parts of the united states that aren't as well mapped so you might not be able to get into 19 you might be stuck at 18 or 17 or, or lower other parts of like europe and stuff i've seen don't seem to have any satellite imagery, so you might not be able to do this part of it as easily as as all of us. But for those who can zoom in on their own neighborhood, go ahead and zoom in the most that you can. And I want you to find somewhere in your neighborhood uh, a neighbor's house who has a really easy-to-see driveway, something that you can You can readily identify as their driveway something that sticks out and is easily identifiable. And we're going to add some data to the map. We're going to tell the map where that neighbor's driveway is. So take your cursor and move it to the end of their driveway furthest away from the road. Now this could butt up against their lawn or a fence or the house or a garage. doesn't really matter because those items, the house and their fence and their lawn, aren't on the map yet. Even though there's imagery of them, things that have imagery aren't necessarily on the map. So we we don't have to worry about those yet down the road years from now, when we have filled in the map enough that we're adding houses and sheds and garages and trees, we can worry about that. But for now, while we're working with roads still, it's okay. We'll just add the driveway. So go ahead and at the point of their driveway, that's furthest from the road, right in the center, I want you to click your mouse once what that does, or sorry, that'll unselect the road. If you still had the road selected, uh, If nothing is selected, then go ahead and click in the middle of their driveway, down at the very end, furthest from the road. And you'll see that it adds a point on the map, and it has changed your cursor into what looks like a fountain pen. Now, if you move your cursor around, you'll get a red dotted line that follows your cursor around from your cursor back to that point. And the left-hand panel has changed. All that's in there now, it says No Tag Set, and the pull-down says Unknown. That's fine. You can, if you want to, change the pull-down now, but but, uh, let's let's first finish adding the driveway. Now, if this is a very straight driveway, you can go directly from that point. You can bring your cursor over to the road and hover over the road for a moment. Don't click anything else yet. Hover over the road for a moment, and what you'll see is the points on the road uh, that exist will appear all of a sudden, and they'll be blue. Well, they're blue on my road. My road is white and there's blue points that appear. If I move back off the road, the road stays white, but the blue points disappear. What that indicates to you when those blue points show up is that if you click on the road at this point, you're going to connect your first point with the road, and the map is going to draw a line between those two points. And those two lines will then be connected and intersected. If you were to click off the road or next to the road, they would not intersect and they would not connect. But since we know driveways connect to streets and roads, it's okay. So go ahead and hover over the road until those blue dots appear, and then go ahead and click. Now what you'll see is your active point, your previous point, has moved. The original one has stayed put, and there's a yellow highlight, or at least on my map it's yellow. You might have different colors. I don't know if you Chrome might work different than Firefox, and if you're doing it on Windows, it might be different than Linux. I don't know, but you'll see that there's some sort of connector between the two. And that, that red dotted line is still following your cursor. It's still following that uh, that little fountain pen. Now, if you don't have a very straight driveway that you've selected going back to the road, instead of clicking on the road, uh, and if you did click on the road, go ahead and click undo, and it'll bring you back. You'll just have that, that original first point. So now you've got like a curvy driveway going down to the road. Go ahead and click on another point closer to the road that's still in the middle of that driveway, and you'll get the same thing. You'll get an, a, a another red dot, and you'll get like a, a highlight between the two of them, and you'll still have that red line following you around the screen wherever you put that cursor. Oh, i got to back up for a moment. So if you place an original point, and then you select another point, and you undo the second one so that you only have one, what you may wind up with is like a grayed out, if you want to do it, you'll wind up with like a grayed out dot on the map, a little point on the map. You can select it, but you can't really do anything with it. All you can do is slide it around. You might be able to label it. Uh, I can't even slide mine around. What you want to do is highlight that, go down to the bottom right-hand corner of the map, and you'll see a little toolbar there. And in the upper left-hand part of that toolbar is a garbage can. Go ahead and click that garbage can, get rid of that point, and you can start over. You can make a new point with the red line that follows your pen around. So we should all be caught up by now. So for those with a curvy driveway, you'll have that one dot that you started with, a next dot, uh, some point down the highway, uh, highway, excuse me, the driveway, and then you can keep clicking points like that, curving down that driveway, following the driveway until it connects to the road. You can be as detailed with that driveway as you would like, or you can be as sloppy as you like. You're still adding data to the map that is more or less correct. You're still helping. So don't kill yourself trying to make it so accurate that you cramp your wrist dragging your mouse around. Make it as accurate as you feel like making it. It's still better than it was when you started. You're still doing good work for the OpenStreetMap project and for the community that uses it. So... Yay you! Again, once you have connected your one end of your driveway and followed all the way down the driveway and connected it to the road, go ahead and move your what's still a fountain pen here. If you want to get your fountain pen back to a cursor, you want your cursor back, what you can do is go to the upper left-hand corner and click Save. That's really the only way to get it back. So go ahead and you can do that now. Go ahead and click Save. And now it's going to open... A dialog window says Save Changes, and it's going to ask you for a comment. You can tell the OpenStreetMap project why you are editing the map now, what map you have made. So you can put Added Driveway. It's a very important driveway. They're going to want to know why you added it. Added driveway is why you added it. So go ahead and put that, and then click Save. That'll go away, and now you'll see that your driveway has been added to the map. But wait a minute. It doesn't look like a driveway, it just looks like a black line. So how are we going to fix that? Go ahead and highlight it. You'll see your cursor will change to a little pointer finger. Click it once to select it. Now your highlights back and your points are all back and your tags still say no tag set. That's why it doesn't look like a driveway, it hasn't been tagged as a driveway. To tag it as a driveway, open that pull down where it says unknown. On the left, roads is the correct one. It's the one that opens by default, so you're fine there. And if you look in the bottom left, it says Service Road. Go ahead and click Service Road. I know a driveway doesn't seem like a service road, but trust me for now. Once you click that, the pull-down will close, and you've got your tabs back for identifying roads. Under the original tab, or the the star tab, the one all the way to the left, it says Type of Service Road, and the pull-down says Unset. Open that pull-down, and about the middle one, on mine anyway, says Driveway. Go ahead and select Driveway. And now it's a driveway. Now hit save again. There you go. Your neighbor's got the driveway on the map, and it's all because of you. It probably looks a little different than the road because uh, the map will render driveways a bit narrower than a regular street, So, uh, and it won't really include it. You don't have to name a driveway unless you really want to. I don't know what you would want to name a driveway for, but that's it. You've just added something to the map, a line, in fact. There are three kinds of objects that you can add to the map. You can add points, which are just a single dot. If you had selected a single dot and hit save, you'd have that. You can add lines like you just did, and those lines can stand on their own, or they can intersect and connect with other lines, which is what we did here. And you can also add objects that have shape to them. So had you drawn, uh, you can go ahead and do this. Find a neighbor's house that's just a rectangle you know, not a complicated shape, and click on one of the four corners of that rectangle. You get your dot back, you get your red line following your cursor, take your cursor and click on another corner of the house, not the opposite corner, but the one on an adjacent corner. Now you've got two red dots and a yellow line and a red dotted line that follows your cursor around. So go ahead and add the other two corners. Now you've got four corners of a house, but only three lines because you haven't connected it yet. But if you bring your cursor back to the original dot and hover over it, you'll see a little. Uh, you might see a plus sign, it means you're you're not close enough yet. But you'll see a little black dot on the lower left, uh, lower right hand corner of your pointer here that should still look like a fountain pen. Click on that original dot and that object is complete. The map knows it's complete, and it's giving you your cursor back. It's no longer a fountain pen. So now you've got a rectangular shape made of three red dots and some yellow highlight, but it still has no tags and it's not an object. So we need to label it as a house and save it. But before that, let me show you one neat trick. In the lower right hand corner of the screen, you have that little toolbar again. There's a garbage can, there's a couple of arrows that say reverse direction because this doesn't know that it's not a road yet you could still have directions for a road right now I have grayed out a pair of scissors and a chain and a button that says show more I'd like you to click that show more button if you have it if you don't you should have another row of icons but I want you to have two rows of icons there now I have on mine a grayed out button that looks like three dots connected by a line on the next button if I hover over it says make circular It's a bunch of dots connected by lines that are in a circular shape. Another one that says make right angled with Q in parentheses. And it looks like four red dots making a square with lines. And the one on the very far, very furthest right on the bottom row says create parallel way. So what I'd like you to do is click on the one that says make right angled, the one that looks like a box. But when you click on it, hover your mouse there, look at the house you just drew, and then click that button and watch what happens. There you go. It put right angles between all your dots. So your house now is rectangular shaped on the map as well as in real life. So that's a little more accurate. That's just a neat trick. It can do that with all kinds of polygons with right angles. So keep that in mind that it doesn't necessarily have to be a rectangle. I only suggested it for ease of use for this tutorial. So let's label it and save it. You can do this in in any order. You could save it now if you wanted to and then label it, but you'd have to save it again, or you can label it now and then save afterwards. So go ahead and click the pull-down for unknown. And now, because it's a shape, you'll see you have a lot more options than you did when you had just a line or a single point because there are more categories that a complete shape uh, can be labeled under. Go ahead and find the one down the left-hand side that says Buildings and click on Buildings. Then you can look, now you haven't changed your your tag yet. Uh, Inside that window for buildings, there's all kinds of different categories there. Uh, One of them is not house, but the closest thing to a house that we have here is buildings. Go ahead and click on building. Now that'll close, and under the basic tab, there's another pull-down, building type, if it is one. Generic building is what I have labeled, but if you if I open that pull down, so go ahead and open that pull down, you'll see a list, and this is much longer than the list for the type of service roads that you had. So go ahead and read through that, and what I have because I've picked a neighbor of mine, they have a family house, so I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, select family house here, and now I'm going to in the upper left hand corner again click save. Now their house has been added to the map. It gets a little purple color and a little gray outline, only if you hover on it. It's probably got it anyway, but you can't really see it till you hover. So now you know how to add lines to the map. You know how to add uh, polygons to the map. And you can add points to the map as well. It's the same procedure. I'm not going to cover that uh, too much now. That's about as much as we need to get into that. So if you can see from... Your street here from your map interface, if you can see a road that you know is a one-way road and it's not labeled as one-way, go ahead and select that. If you can't see that, go ahead and select the driveway again, your neighbor's driveway that you just drew. So for the road, it's going to say type of road. For the driveway, it's going to say service road. And if you look down under that star tab, it's going to say one-way and unset. So go ahead and click that unset pull-down, and it'll open up, and it'll say one-way, two-way, one-way reverse, or unset. So what you can do is select one-way, and see what happens. It's drawn arrows on that. So now that indicates to the user of the map which way the direction of traffic flows. If that's incorrect, open the pa- open the uh, pull-down again, select one-way reverse, and you'll see the arrows have changed directions. Now, if... That is a one-way road, and you've just correctly identified that in the correct direction. Go ahead and hit save. If not, if this is still your neighbor's driveway and it isn't a one-way road, you can open that pull-down again, click two-way, because you know it's a two-way, or you can click undo until it says unset again, because unset defaults to two-way anyway, so it's, uh, it's going to be fine. And then, since you've changed it to two-way, uh, you have the save button back again. Go ahead and click save. You have now updated the map with a driveway that is correctly labeled as a driveway on which traffic goes in both directions. So, I mean, hooray, you! Seriously, this is uh, this could be the greatest community activity you've done today, and I, I don't want that the significance of that to go underappreciated. I want you to know that I appreciate that, and uh, and you should too. And I know Clatu does because Clatu loves community appreciation and community work. So you're all right in my book and in Klaatu's too, I'm sure of it. Now let's get to doing something just a little bit more complicated. I want to show you how to add a bridge. This is really important for people who are navigating, and this is just as important as labeling one-way streets. So let's let's go back to the view mode because we're going to pan around for a little bit, and it's much quicker to do in view mode. So in the upper left-hand corner above the save button, click on view, please. you'll see that your scale has not changed much. You're back in the map mode, the viewing mode, so you don't have the background anymore, uh, the satellite imagery. But your road, or your driveway, excuse me, that you just drew in there is is gone. You can't see it. The reason you can't see it is because you're looking at cached data. Uh, the map is now updating itself. The the server that the map is on is now re-rendering the images of the map that include the data you just edited, and it is doing that at every scale. And that, that, uh, that data and that rendering is now propagating through the server or servers. If they have more than one, I really don't know. And it's going to take a few minutes to get to you. So don't worry that you can't see it. You probably won't see it immediately. You can see it later. If you're in a rush to see it, You can refresh the page that you're on, but you cannot specifically do it by clicking the refresh button because all that's going to do is refresh at scale 19 on the exact coordinates that you're on, which may not be exactly what you're looking at here. But if you highlight the portion of the address bar that is not OpenStreetMap.org and then delete that so that all you have is OpenStreetMap.org and hit enter, it will refresh that page correctly, and you can now zoom in and zoom out and hit refresh. And it should eventually update that street and update that data you just did and show the driveway. And there it is. In real time, uh, that driveway has appeared now at a scale that's somewhat less than 19 on my map anyway. But since I don't know the scale in view mode, it doesn't matter. But I can now see the driveway and I can see the house that we added. So let's move on. So we're back in view mode. I'd like you to zoom out until you can see, find a major road in your neighborhood. So I can go back to, if you were to look back at my neighborhood in in Rochester, which, you know, you you may or may not want to do, I can go back to the Spaulding Turnpike, uh, which is New Hampshire 16, NH 16. Uh, That's the major road I'm going to use. It's a uh, a highway, and on the map it's... uh, It's labeled as a, uh, what did I say it was called? They don't call it a highway. They call it a, uh, I don't know, a motorway maybe, something like that. But I'm going to use 16 because I know there are bridges and overpasses on 16. But if you can find a road near your house, something that you're familiar with, where you know there's a, and you might not even know there's a bridge because you might not think about it because you go under it or over it so often it doesn't even occur to you that it is a bridge. But try to find something. We'll wait here. We'll wait for you. You can pause the recording, while you find a bridge uh, near your house where one road passes over another road, or even if a road passes over a, a railroad track or a river, that's all fine too. I'd like you to find a road that has a bridge on it. Though, Go ahead and pause it, find a bridge, and then unpause it, please. Okay, so now you're looking at a road with a bridge on it. Go ahead and zoom in as far as you can, still in the view mode, with that bridge in the center of your screen. You can can double-click on it and it'll zoom. Uh, That works in the view mode. That doesn't work in the edit mode. So zoom all the way in on that bridge, and then when you're at the highest zoom level with the bridge in the center of your map window, click edit again, or open the edit, pull down, and click on potlatch 2. I never tried Potlatch one, I don't know, uh, actually, or, or if I did, I don't, I'm sure I did, but I don't remember it. it was so long ago, but it wasn't too, too much different than this. So the reason you zoomed all the way in is because as long as it takes to open Potlatch, it takes even longer to pan around uh, at, a, at a low zoom level with the map open, because all that map data has to render inside your browser, inside this JavaScript engine, after it's downloaded all this data, and it's an awful lot of data. Once you're in the uh, the potlatch window and it's all opened up, you can zoom in further. Uh, so remember how we do that. We hover over the plus sign and click it to zoom in until you don't have satellite imagery anymore and then zoom back out by one or stop where you know there to be satellite imagery in your neighborhood. Like I said, in mine, it's zoom level 19 So what you're probably going to notice, if you just have imported data uh, from the U.S. Geological Survey, is that these roads are probably not exactly where they ought to be. The the line on the map might go down one lane of the road instead of the center, or it might, uh, might be off the road completely. I'm pretty anal about this stuff, and I will highlight that road. I'll grab the little red dots that indicate the points in the road, and I will drag them until they're in the center of the road before I start editing a bridge because I want the road to be in the right place. You can really go nuts doing this, so you're going to have to learn how to determine what a sensible point is to stop dragging this road to the center of the road. What I'll usually do is go off in one direction and do it until... Like maybe it crosses the road again or or where it should cross the road again uh, or where it doesn't, you know, if I drag it to the middle of the road, it doesn't look like it's making too abrupt or ridiculous a turn from, uh, you know, from the next thing down the road. So that's what I usually do and I'll I'll just stop it at, at some point and then I'll get back to editing my bridge. Once you're satisfied that your roads are straight enough and where they ought to be and that you're ready to uh, to edit your bridge or to edit them and really it's only very important right now if you consider it important that the road be down the middle of the road so to speak uh, it's really only important that the one you're going to put the bridge on is where it ought to be because you can do the other one later and it's not going to affect your bridge. So go ahead and highlight the road with the bridge on it and what we're going to need to do is tell the map that the bridge and the two sections of road surrounding the bridge have different data sets, but they're mostly the same data sets. They're only slightly different. And how we do that is we split the road into first two and then three pieces. What I like to do after splitting them into three pieces... uh, I'll usually delete one piece so that I can add more plot points to make the road more accurate, and I can put a plot point right at the end of the bridge and then put another plot point right at the end of the bridge or else follow the bridge if it curves. I don't have many curvy bridges in my neighborhood, but but I do have plenty of bridges. And then, you know, I'll connect them all back together, merge them back together so that I know for sure that all of the pieces I want to work with will have the same data set, but that all the points are where I want them to be, where I want to split the road, and then I will split the road. It'll retain the data sets, and then I'll just change the one that says bridge. So here's how I do that. Find the nearest two points to your bridge. They They might both be off to one side. They might be on either side. They might be within your bridge. Any of those things is okay. So find the one that is closest to your bridge. Highlight your road that your bridge is on find the nearest point. should be a red dot. This may be way off the page or on that. You might even have to change your zoom level and zoom out to find this, but that's okay. Find the nearest point to your bridge. Select that point. You're going to highlight it and your uh, tags are probably going to go away because that point probably doesn't have any specific data. Usually it's just a point on a road and the road has the data. When you get that point and it's highlighted on the bottom right hand toolbar, see that you now have scissors, they were grayed out, cover the scissors, and it'll say split way. You want to split the road at that point and make two different roads at that point. You're not going to disconnect the roads. They're still connected. The map is still going to tell someone they can drive from one to the other because they share that common point. So you're still okay. Now you want to find the next closest point to that bridge. It may be on the section of road that's still highlighted, or it may be on the section of road that just... Uh, de-highlighted itself when you selected It doesn't matter. Find the next nearest point to that bridge. Highlight that point and split it with those scissors. So now you have three different sections, three different distinct sections of the same road. You should have one long section going off in one direction, one long piece of road, section of road going off in the other direction, and one relatively short section in the middle. Highlight that relatively short section in the middle, because that's going to be your bridge. Even if it's not over your bridge, that's going to be it. So highlight that and click the trash can to delete it. Now it's gone. Now you have two points, two pieces of road that do not intersect. So select either one of those two roads that remain. If either of the pieces that are left overlap the bridge, select that one, and that'll that'll be the one to work with first. So select that piece of road select the very last point. Now, don't click it, but you can drag that point backwards to make the section of road shorter until you're at the very edge of the bridge. So you're not on the bridge, you're on the piece of road as it's about to touch the bridge. And then if the other piece is on the bridge also, the other piece of road, go ahead and select that road and drag it backwards until it's also off the bridge. You can put it right at the very edge. Most bridges that I've seen satellite imagery of, you can see the imagery is detailed enough. You can see a distinct line where the bridge ends and their the normal pavement begins. Uh, they're usually called expansion joints. Um, it's like a rubber strip that goes across the road because the bridge is kind of expand and contract with heat. The map doesn't care about that. You don't have to either right now. But you can usually see them, and that's usually where I like to put those points. Or, if it's a very narrow bridge, and those points may not show up, sometimes I'll put it, I'll line it up with the the end of the abutment, if I can see the abutment, as well as I can see those expansion joints. Doesn't really matter. Not that critical. Uh, what's critical to you and I right now, as we're editing this map, is that each of these sections of road is either lined up right with the edge of the bridge or off the bridge but you know somewhere down the center of the road and if you're way off to one side of the bridge or the other rather than dragging the point closer to the bridge just simply click it once to select it which will give you back your your fountain pen looking cursor and your little red line that follows you around and draw some points connecting back to the road. You can put these points as close together or as far apart as you deem necessary. You're in charge of this project. It is going to be as accurate as you feel that it should be and as accurate as you feel like spending time to make it. So that's okay. Uh, Make sure that you put a point right at the edge of the bridge, right where you want your bridge road delineation to be and then continue drawing that line across the bridge. You can put points on the bridge especially if it isn't a straight bridge, go ahead and do that, follow the center of the bridge. If it is a straight bridge, you can make your next point all the way at the other side of the bridge, but the goal here is to connect those two pieces of road back together. The only reason we split them and moved points and moved stuff around, the only reason we really did that was so that we would have two very specific points, one at each end of the bridge. So once you connect those back together again, click Save again. And it'll look to you like you have one continuous, contiguous road. Uh, But if you highlight a piece of that road, what you'll see is that you don't. You have two separate sections of road. Um, At this point, I like to select one of those sections, hold down my control key, and select the other section of road. It's a multi-select. And then in my little toolbar down to the right, at the bottom right-hand corner of the map, I like to click that icon that looks like a chain. That is the merge ways tool. What that does is ensures that the tags, the complete data set is identical for both of those sections of road. So when it when it renders that road, it's now selected as one complete section of road. Uh, and it just basically it just it just ensures that the data sets are identical. Because all we're gonna do is change one particular data point for a small section of that road. We want everything else to be the same, so I like to do that. Okay, so if you've deselected the road, make sure the road is selected. Now select one of the points that you've drawn or moved that's at either end of the bridge. Uh, The road will deselect, the point will select, and your toolbar down the bottom right hand corner will allow you to have that split way tool again. So go ahead and split the way right at the end of the bridge. And if it isn't selected still uh, select the section of road that includes the other end of the bridge. Select the point that you put at the other end of the bridge and split it again. Now you should have three sections of road again. You should have one going off to one direction, one going off to the other direction, and one in the middle that is exactly the size and place that you want your bridge to be. All three still have identical data sets. Uh, they have a, a, exactly as many fields and exactly the same entries in those fields. And we can, we can look at the fields a little bit later. But they are the same. They just happen to be three different roads that butt end-to-end the name is the same, everything, okay? So while you have that piece selected, that is the bridge, over on your your control panel on the left, select the tab with the check mark in it. It'll be the Details tab. If you hover over the check mark, it'll say Details. Select that tab, and then go down to the entry that says Bridge. The pull-down should say Unset. Open that pull-down and select generic bridge, unless of course you have a viaduct or suspension bridge. I don't have a suspension bridge and I don't know what a viaduct is, so generic bridge is going to have to be good enough for what I'm doing, and it'll probably be good enough for what you're doing. Below that it says lanes. You can select the number of lanes if you'd like. It's not critical at this point. Um, If you do decide to select the number of lanes, it wants the total number of lanes, not the number in each direction. So for instance, you may have Two lanes in one direction and only one lane in the other direction. That would be three lanes because it wants the total, not individual. Not all roads at all points have the same number of lanes, so you wouldn't want to. You wouldn't want to say it's two in each direction because it isn't always. Uh, okay, but below that it'll say layer and the. Uh, it's like a slider, and that slider should be in the middle on ground. If you move it up, one notch, it'll now be above ground, which means it's above the road that it previously appeared to intersect with. And that's enough to allow a GPS device that wants you to get from one road to the other to route you around instead of telling you to turn off of the overpass or turn onto the overpass and and drive into the bridge abutment. That should be enough to take care of it. Uh, You can change the surface if you like. You can tell it that it's paved, or if it isn't paved, you can tell whatever is. It doesn't matter. Uh, At this point, you know, I really was only concerned with showing you how to make it a bridge because that's the part that's truly important to the navigation here. Once you've told it that it's a bridge, once you've told it that it is slightly above ground or it may be way above ground, go ahead and put it as high as you think it needs to be. That's also completely up to you. But once you've done that, be sure to hit the save button in the upper left hand corner of the map window and, uh, and save that data to the map. That way when I drive through your town, I'll know not to drive off the bridge because my GPS will tell me not to drive off that bridge. And, uh, and I'm smart enough to listen to my GPS no matter what it tells me. Uh, so thank you very much for editing that bridge and making your town and your this piece of your town just a little more navigable. Please continue editing the map in your area. It'll never be completely finished because there's always more detail that can be added. But do the things that you think are important. If no one else is editing in your area, that makes you the supreme commander of map editing your neighborhood. So as the supreme map editing commander in your neighborhood, go ahead and make those decisions. You don't really need to ask anyone. Uh, There are certainly reference materials which you can check to make sure that you're doing it in a standard way or in in a way that's in accordance with what people have agreed upon. And, uh, you know, that's certainly better than just winging it and making it up as you go but even if you had to wing it and make it up as you go this uh, particular editor that we're using here Potlatch uh has limitations on it that should keep you within you know a certain amount of boundaries here if you'd like to add things to the map or label things on the map that you don't see already you can do points you can do lines you can do geometric shapes you can give them all different names that appear in that uh, that little editor that's to the left there in that control window, you can, uh, if you deselect everything so nothing's highlighted in your map window, you can scroll through that window to the left, those selections. You can open some of those selections and, and pull them open further. And if you find something that you like there, like, say, a hospital, you can drag that hospital label onto the map and place it over a hospital. You can do that with anything. If you want to add something that isn't on there, there are different categories. Go ahead and draw the thing you want to add or select the thing that's there with a label that you want to add. And down the bottom left-hand corner of that control panel, you'll see Simple is grayed out because that's the mode you're in. And you'll see Advanced is an option. Click on Advanced. And what you'll see is all kinds of tags. There's a key and a value for each tag, and you can add as many tags as you need to to describe the thing that you've drawn or that has been drawn. If one of those is incorrect, go ahead and click the X to delete it. If there's something missing, click the Add button that's kind of down towards the bottom of that pane, and it's on the the right-hand side, um, and add a key, and then add a value. Now, the keys are what the thing is. So if it's a road, the key is highway. And then for the type of highway, the value would you know might be residential or it might be motorway or it could be service road could be any any number of things. You can make up values if you want to. You can use values that already exist and they'll auto-complete if you start typing them. Or you can add things that don't exist if there's not something in the list already. Uh, the complete list can be found on the OpenStreetMap wiki. And there's a link to it right on the page that you're on. If you look over to the far left there's a bunch of links. Uh, go ahead and middle-click on documentation so that opens in a new tab. Or if you don't have a middle mouse button, left-click and select open a new tab. Or if you're using Internet Explorer and don't have tabs, go ahead and upgrade your operating system and start this uh, particular episode over again so that you're caught up. Once you open the OpenStreetMap wiki tab, uh, down, down towards, well, I guess it depends on where you're at on the page... Um, There's a link to map features. Go ahead to that page. This is going to show you all of the predefined tags that the OpenStreetMap community has agreed upon. Most of everything that you're going to run into is already there. If you run into a feature that isn't there, feel free to submit it. They would love it if you submitted a new feature uh, something that they didn't think of—it's that's actually pretty exciting. I'd be uh, I'd be pretty happy to know if you found something that was not a feature on the map and submitted it, and they accepted it. That would be pretty awesome. So you know, feel free to do that. Go ahead and continue to add bridges and add one-way streets wherever they are proper, wherever they belong on that map, because that's going to help. That's going to help everybody. If you want to get into some more uh, some more original mapping, you want to add features that don't exist already. Tracing houses, tracing buildings, uh, parking lots, their parking ways, drive throughs. I think for me, one of the important ones that you can do is to find the hospitals and draw the hospitals in, draw in like the main entrances. What I'll usually do is, is draw the hospital and add it as a building and you can label it as a hospital. But I, when I draw it, I won't include the awning that's over the main entrance or the emergency entrance and I'll trace those separately and you can label those as a building and then as the type of building you can do just a roof which kinda indicates that it's an awning and then I'll label it, you can give it a name and I'll name that emergency entrance or main entrance or visitor entrance or deliveries. All of those things I think are very helpful to people. Uh, pharmacy is the same thing. I'll draw the pharmacy and label it what the name of the pharmacy is and then I will draw you know, separately which you can attach them, they'll kind of attach but they're separate buildings but I'll attach the awning over the drive-through lanes and I will name that you know the pharmacy's drive-through and uh well I may or may not have I won't swear that I've done that <laughs> since you know where my town is and can look at it you might you might see that I have haven't done that at the the uh, Walgreens or whatever I don't I don't remember if I have or haven't but you can add the drive-through lanes and you can label them as one way so people know how to get into the drive-through lane at your local pharmacy. All these things I think are are pretty important to help people get around. Another thing that I find tremendously fun to do is to use the satellite imagery data and draw in roads that don't exist, especially if they're private roads that you're not allowed to drive down, and these uh, snotty a-holes with their nose in the air that don't want you on their property, you can go ahead and map their road, and they'll wonder, how did someone get there? They must have trespassed, but you didn't. It's satellite imagery. It's open to everybody, and uh, to hell with them for not wanting you to know where their road goes. I think that's a lot of fun. I, I have a lot of fun doing that. Maybe maybe I'm, I'm a bad person for that, but I really take a lot of pleasure in adding their roads and their houses and their swimming pools to the map and uh, letting everybody know where those are because <laughs> they don't, I don't know, <laughs> maybe they like it, maybe they don't. I don't know, but I, I have fun. Um, something else that I do, I have an application on my phone called OSM Tracker. Uh, capital O, capital S, capital M, capital T, and no spaces. And I believe in the Android market, at least there's two applications called OSM Tracker, and one of them is garbage. It's not what it appears to be. It looks like a, like a broken attempt at, I don't know what it was, but it, it didn't work. Uh, but there is one that is correct, and that works, and that is right. It's in the F-Droid market, there's only the one, and it is the right one. In the regular Android play market, uh, there's where I found the two. I believe the application also exists in the iOS market. I think I remember checking that on a, a co-worker's phone and it did work. But you can use the OSM tracker application to record your current location and if you move around it will record a trace of where you have been. So I'll use that if I'm mapping out things that don't appear in the satellite imagery like trails through the woods. You can't always see a trail because there's you know foliage there's leaf cover you can't always see like a property corner marker uh those aren't going to show up because they're small but I might mark that on my my trace because you can mark specific little things you can take notes along the way and it will add a point to the map to your trace and it will give a little name to that note Uh, things like that I, I do all the time um and if you if you looked at my town and it Some of the surrounding towns, specifically to the north, uh, if you followed Route 16, you'd see a big spot where I trace a lot of trails and I mark a lot of things out in the woods or I'll label local businesses that I frequent or that I'm fond of or that I think might be important to people. There's a bike shop in my town and I really like the dude who runs that bike shop. He's hilarious. He cracks me up and he runs a good business and I like him, so his business is on my map. It's on your map. It's on the OpenStreetMap project. Uh, it exists. There might be another bike bike shop in town. Uh, I think there is, but I didn't have as much fun when I went to that guy's shop, so I haven't bothered putting him on the map yet. I'll get around to it when I get around to it. But, you know, being that I'm the editor of the map for my area, that's my prerogative, and you have that same right to do that. Put the things on that you think are important. You know, we, the people of Earth who use OpenStreetMap trust you to make those decisions and we're not going to second guess you. And, uh, you know, that's that. So do what you can to help the map, use the map. And I hope it's helpful for you, but thanks for listening to this episode. Thanks for sticking it through all the way for, for trying to do something that by all rights should have been in a, um, in a video podcast and, uh, for, for sticking with me through this. And when you're done contributing to the OpenStreetMap project, please remember to contribute to Hacker Public Radio. We always need new shows. As full as our queue may look, as full as the calendar may be, there are more days than what we can display on a calendar. And those days are empty. They do not contain shows, but they should. And it should be your show because we need you to contribute. So please help Hacker Public Radio by recording a show and telling us what you know. Teach us something we don't know yet. We really like that. We like... Returning hosts, we like new hosts. You know, we want you to be one of them. We really want you to be a returning host, but you got to be a new host first. So get a microphone or get an MP3 player that can record or dial in our call in number and record a show. All right, thanks a lot for listening and have a great day.
1: You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HPR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All BINREF projects are proudly sponsored by LunarPages. Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons, Attribution, Sharealike, 3.0 license.